Welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. Well, we're going to open the Word of God together this morning. And you know, it's funny, I think I'm getting used to preaching to a camera. I remember how weird it was actually after the last lockdown of weeks of preaching to a camera and then to be back with everybody and seeing faces and hearing voices and having that engagement while I was speaking. I have to say I enjoy that a lot more. But I'll tell you what, I'm just going to preach up a storm this morning and uh, and I hope that wherever you are watching from this morning, whether it's from the couch or from bed or wherever you are today, that this will inspire you and encourage you and speak right into your spirit this morning. You know, and I want to encourage all of us again today because I know that so many of us are doing it hard right now and it is a difficult time. This lockdown has lasted longer than any of us expected that it would and it doesn't look like we're going to be out of it quickly either. So it's a difficult time for sure, but sometimes, you know, when we're going through something that's hard, if we can see the point of why we're doing it, or if we can find a reason for it, then it can make it a little bit easier. And I spoke the other week on Hebrews chapter 12, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And this morning, I want to bring up another well-known Bible verse, because I think that often the real keys for us moving forward and seeing breakthrough in our lives often just comes down to us doing the basics well. And the the verse I want to bring to you this morning is a well-known one. It's out of James chapter 1, verse 2. And maybe you've even been reading this in the last little while. I know that it's been out there for sure. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let Perseverance, finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It's a great verse. You know, whenever we read a passage in the Bible, one of the best places to start is to find out who it was written to and why it was written, because it helps us put it into context and understand the intention of the one who wrote it. And in the book of James, You know, the book of James was written to Jewish Christians who'd had their worlds turned upside down through the ill treatment of the Roman Empire, and it had ended up being scattered all the way through Asia as a result. And while we might not necessarily be walking through that level of upheaval like they did, still the intended audience for this book and these passages, the intended audience is people who are going through crisis and trying to hold on to their hope and faith in the midst of it. Sound like anyone you know? Maybe you relate to that feeling today. Going through crisis and trying to hold on to your faith and hope in the midst of it. I I think that's got some relevance for us today. And I'll tell you what, I love the message version of this passage. Sometimes it's really good for us to read. You know, we'll we'll often have our normal scripture version that we read in. Uh, But, you know, sometimes it helps us to read it in another version because it can shed some light on it. And I love what the message version says about this. The same verse in the message version says, Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Because you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced out into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so that you become mature and well-developed and not deficient in any way. So there's a few things here in this passage for us to look at today. And I want to start with this one, Consider it all joy. 
Consider it all joy. The first thing that James calls us to do when we're facing difficult situations is to look and examine our thought process and how we're thinking about it. To have a look at our default setting as to how we are approaching the situation. I wonder, what's your default setting for how you're looking at everything right now? Would you say it's generally positive or is it mostly negative? Are you seeing the opportunities or are you overwhelmed by the difficulties? Have you found the hope or are you drowning in hopelessness? You know, and I know this is difficult. You know, for me, I'm a naturally optimistic and positive person. And I'll be honest, man, that there has definitely been days that I have found it hard in this last seven to eight weeks. You know, some days it's difficult to even know which way is up and everything can all look a bit bleak. But I know, though, that the times that I've made the choice to consider it joy, to see the joy, to see the opportunity, to see the hope and to find it, those are the days where things have gotten a lot better and everything starts to look better too. So when James is calling us to consider it all joy, he's calling us to be practicing gratitude, to develop the habit of constantly resetting our mind and focusing on what we do have rather than what we don't have. Many of you will know Facebook and Instagram crashed this week and I saw a meme that said that the mental health of the world improved immediately. <laughs> and I tell you what, while social media has its uses, we do have to be so careful with it, don't we? Because we can easily fall into the trap of thinking that the grass is greener for other people. If only I had what they had, I'd be better off and be happier. And the world constantly tells us that we have to buy our joy. That is only ever waiting for us on the other side of a purchase or an event or on some kind of life change. But you know what? Actually, joy is constantly available to us for free. Remember, friends, that the NAF life that you think that you're living right now is someone else's dream. There are other people in this world who would give anything to have even a small part of what we have each day. I think it's good for us to remember that. So that's really a perspective, isn't it? You know, I, and even for myself, I feel very blessed in what I get to do as a church pastor and leader and being able to communicate and do things like this. But you know what, about a year or so ago, I went through a season where I really wasn't enjoying it. I'd wake up on Sunday morning and just really feeling uninspired about pretty much everything. And uh, I started to get into a little bit of a downward spiral about it. But then I caught myself and I thought, you know what, every time that thought comes in, I'm gonna start thinking instead about how lucky I am that I get to do this. What a privilege and a blessing that it is. And you know what? Within a few weeks, my whole feeling about it had started to change. And this is what James is saying to us. You know, whatever is going on in your life, consider it joy. Make the decision to plant the seed of joy and gratitude no matter what's happening. You know why? Because what we consider is what grows. What we consider is what gets planted in our hearts and our minds and our spirits. And whatever we plant is going to grow. If we plant negativity consistently, then we're going to end up with a nasty big cactus plant or a triffid growing on the inside of us. So in everything, plant joy, plant gratitude, consider it all joy. And then the Bible goes on and it says, when you face trials, have you noticed that there's a lot in the Bible that rides on little words? If, all, therefore. You know, sometimes if we take the time to study these little words, we'll find actually there's a lot in them. And you'll notice that right in the middle of this passage is a little word 
And that word is when, it's not if. It's not a question of if you will face difficult times. It's a question of when. Jesus never promised us a life that was free from all difficulty. And no one enjoys hardship or difficulty or trials, but we start to see why they matter as this verse goes on. It says the testing of our faith is what develops perseverance. And perseverance, it goes on, is the key to us becoming all that God has called us to be. So working back from that, if we can, to become all that God has called us to be, which is what we want, right? To become that, we need perseverance. And we get perseverance when our faith is tested. And our faith gets tested when we hold on through difficult trials and hardships. So let's put it this way. Your very reason for being here on earth is to become the person that God has called you to be. And in that destiny, you'll not only find fulfillment yourself, but you'll also be reaching, serving, and impacting the lives of other people as well as we together advance the kingdom of God. But to walk in that calling, we need to grow and develop. And how do we grow and develop? Through hanging in there through trials and difficulties. When we start to see it like this, it starts to become, I think, a little bit easy for us because it's no longer an obstacle. This is an opportunity. We stop avoiding hardship and we start welcoming it because we see what it's doing in our lives. And I love what the message version again says on this. You know, this is what it says. It says, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. You're, you know, we only ever really know what is going on inside the orange when the orange is squeezed. That's when we really discover what's in it. And pressure is that process that God uses to get our faith life, which is usually hidden on the inside, out into the open. And then we discover really what is going on on the inside of us. I know I have, and you probably have heard too, the testimonies of so many people who've walked through incredibly difficult situations. And so many of them come through it and say, you know what, that was so hard. But that trial, that hardship was the making of me. I learned things through those hardships and those trials that I never would have learned any other way. And it shows us that hanging in there through the hard times is actually what grows us. So let's talk about perseverance for a moment. This word perseverance is translated in other parts of the New Testament as patience or endurance other times it's translated as to stand firm. I wonder if any of you have ever prayed that prayer, God, would you help make me more patient? God, give me patience. Has anyone ever prayed that prayer? I know I have. And then immediately regretted it because I realized that it wasn't something that God was just going to drop into my life. Patience and endurance aren't something that you can get at a prayer ministry time or through the laying on of hands. It's not an anointing that suddenly just comes into the room and everyone, hallelujah, receives the gift of endurance. Patience, endurance, perseverance, these are things that are worked out on the ground. You get them by making what feels like a hard decision in the moment. And just as we can build physical muscles by lifting up a heavy weight against gravitational pull, we build spiritual muscles by holding on to the word of God against the pull of the world, against the pull of our own sinful desires, against the pull of the devil's temptations. Every time we make a decision to do what Jesus has called us to do or to stand on his word in the face of pressure to go the other way, we build tenacity and we build 
perseverance into our life. And you know what? While it's not easy, it's powerful because this is actually what matures us. I love what the message version also says there. Don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Man, how often do we try avoidance tactics for difficult situations? You know, and I get it. No one enjoys the process of being tested. Whether or not that's, you know, pressure that you're going through at home right now or on the work front or with your university or your school studies or with your business or in relationships. You know, so often it's just easier to hit the eject button when things get hard and say, man, I'm out of here. But you know what? If we keep doing that, we will never grow. We will never become mature as believers. Can I say this? Spiritual maturity has nothing to do with how long you've been a Christian or how well you know the Bible or all the scriptural truths. You might have been a Christian for 40 years and know the Bible backwards and good on you if you do. But let me tell you this. The litmus test really for Christian maturity is how you deal with hardship and trials and difficulty. We all struggle with stuff, but the truth is this. If you regularly throw your toys out of the cot when things get hard, if you regularly lose your cool when things don't go your way, if you're only happy when you've got everything you want when you want it, all of that is evidence of being spiritually immature, no matter how long you've been going to church or called yourself a Christian. You know, someone once said, Whatever you do, never waste a good crisis. And I tell you what, we are in a really tough time at the moment and everyone is feeling it. But can I encourage you this morning, don't waste this opportunity. Work to consider it all joy, to be planting joy and gratitude constantly in your life, even in this situation. Because as we do that, the Bible tells us our faith life is getting forced out into the open. We're developing that quality and that muscle of perseverance as we hold on to the truth against the pressure to let go. And the more that we do that, the stronger that our faith and our walk with God becomes. Perseverance itself is what does the work within us, the Bible says, to help us become complete, to walk in that call that God has given us, to be that person that we have been made to be, full of life, full of gratitude, full of hope, and, you know, changing the world around us. So what does Scripture say? Consider it a sheer gift, friends, a sheer gift. When tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Why? Because you know that under pressure, your faith life is being forced into the open and it shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so that you become mature and well-developed and not deficient in any way. You know, a good truth is that God is at work in us. I think we can easily forget sometimes, though, that He doesn't just divinely change things in us. I mean, sometimes He will. Sometimes He will literally just change something in your life and, you know, you'd struggle with this thing and then, boom, it's gone. Or, you know, you've been praying for something and, boom, the answer comes. And I love it when the Lord moves like that. But you know what? More often than not, He'll use the situations that we find ourselves in and the people that we're regularly in contact with to work on our hearts and lives to shape us into His image. So you know what? Let's stop pushing against Him and start working with Him. 
This morning, you might be watching this and maybe you're not really walking with God right now. Or maybe you used to, or maybe you never made that decision to follow him. I want to tell you this morning, God is good. And honestly, he has the very, very best for your life. You know, make today the day that you stop running from him and you start running to him. And I think especially in times like we're in right now, this has never been more important for us to be thinking about and considering. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.